And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Thanks for joining us today. What a big week. The biggest week in the history of Raider Nation Radio, period. Going down to the wire Sunday night football with a win and move forward, lose and go home game. And I think every Raider fan, as we know, would take that. An opportunity to celebrate the Raider Nation and enjoy this week. Preview the charges, which we are loaded. You tell me a radio show in America today that has this lineup. You can't. We have it today because of Bobby and our producers putting this together. Look at what we have. Ed Graney will join us in five minutes. The great Columnist here in Vegas, bottom of the hour, Sean Lights Out Merriman, the former Charger, madman, does not like the Raiders. I bring him in for a reason, to stir the pot and hear what he has to say. The franchise in Southern California, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, former voice of the Chargers, he's going to jump in. Charger insider Gilbert Manzano will join us from the OC Register. He's fantastic, embedded with the team And then my good friend and yours, Mike Pritchard, former NFL receiver. Who knows? The Chargers and the Raiders, as good as anybody in this town. He's a local legend in this town. That's what we have lined up today. It'll be outstanding. I am going into the deep dive today on the Chargers and what it will take to win. The Nate Hobbs story with the DUI still fluid. We'll talk to Ed Graney about that coming up and... What could happen in the exciting news of Darren Waller nominated for NFL Man of the Year, but also looking to come back and play. Hopefully coming off the COVID issues and having the ability tomorrow to get rolling and to see Darren Waller in this game, which is important because if you're going to have Waller play one game this year, it's this one, right? You'd like him to play them all because this is a game you need him to be in. So I want to talk about that as we get it going. Ben Roethlisberger last night was incredible. It was one of the most soak-it-in great moments I've seen in a long time in sports where a player ends up leaving a game at the end, does a lap. He almost did a lap like Cal Ripken. It was almost a Derek Jeter final moment. Then his wife and kids came on the field and he walked off into the tunnel. It was a beautiful thing. And it's over. And it's only over when the large lady sings and she a song that favors the black and gold. Final score, Pittsburgh 26, Cleveland 14. Say goodbye to Cleveland. As I told you, the Raiders eliminated Cleveland. Let's get credit for that. The Raiders could eliminate the Colts, and the Raiders could eliminate the Chargers. How would that be? I mean, we're not talking about being spoiler. We're sick and tired of the Raiders being a spoiler. We want to see the Raiders get into the playoffs. Get into the playoffs and win playoff games. You know, the Raiders in three of their final four weeks, could knock three teams out of the playoffs? Knock them out. The Chargers, Browns, and the Colts. That would be pretty tremendous for them to do that. And Denver. Remember what they did to Denver. Denver wasn't the same after the sweep. Some good things that happened this year, everybody. I know you're not hearing that from the national media. You're not reading about it every day. A lot of people are doom and gloom. Oh, my God, look at this, another DUI, which they should, or this happened, or this ugly situation. But, you know, there's been a lot of good football on the field. The team's going to have a winning season. There's been some great moments this year on the field recently, but there's been a lot of doom and gloom with issues off the field. 
Ed Graney, one of the best journalists in America. We're lucky to have him in Vegas on the radio and at the Las Vegas Review Journal. And Ed, Happy New Year. Good to talk to you. I haven't seen hey, you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Happy New Year. Same back to you. Thank you. Let's jump in with Hobbs and how you're covering on the radio and how you're covering it in the paper here. Very unfortunate. Good kid, just like we thought Ruggs was a good kid until the death of Tina Tintor and what happened in that brutal accident. And then we get the details of Hobbs, and a lot of people are scratching their heads saying, seems like a great kid, no indication that there was an issue, even though he's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, he is that. It's just it's just strange. I mean, we were trying to come up with a timeline as to when they got on the plane on their charter and would have gotten back in the three hours back. And I just, I don't know, I shake my head. Um, I know maybe guys feel they need to go out or they want to go out. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get inside his head because I have no idea. But two months after Ruggs, it's really unfortunate that you'd have someone else at least put themselves in position that he did. Now, we're not sure what's going to happen in terms of going forward with it, but it was just a head scratcher, JT, that he he, he would have uh, he would have put himself in that position, and especially at this point in the season. I would have thought they'd be happy with the win and knowing what's coming up and the you know magnitude of this game that they would have gone home. Everyone would have gone home, including him, and gotten some rest. Ed Graney's our guest, and Ed, I was texting back with a, a attorney in town. It wasn't Sam and Ash who were doing business with, but another friend of mine. And this is a tough situation that you and I are in, and the boat we're in, being radio host. The attorney said to me, I said, well, what's the situation of him potentially legally? And he said, innocent till proven guilty. No one was injured or harmed. Trust me, this isn't the first NFL player to be arrested for a misdemeanor DUI this year. He should be ready to play. I mean, how do you handle this knowing that the Raiders could send a message, but clearly until his court date coming up, all other players who have been in this situation, the majority of them, I don't know any who aren't able to play. No, I think he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rich Versace said yesterday that you know that he had just learned 30 minutes before the Zoom with the media that it even happened. Obviously, because you know it took time for it to, to get the message to everybody. Because I think it was probably it was obviously overnight, late overnight when he when he was taken in. Um, I think he'll play. Uh, he is innocent to proven guilty. This is not a rough situation by any means where someone was killed. It was him alone in a car. Um, so I do think he'll play. Um, I, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't given what you know what you just said and what the attorney just said to where you know you let this it's a misdemeanor um it's serious obviously mm-hmm. if, if, if this is what he did it's not nothing to frown about it's, it's very serious but again until it goes to the court system or until he's until he's you know seen in front of a judge and and and, and pleads out or whatever he does then i think he's going to be on the field ed granny joins it it is a very serious matter and we're not making light of it no. there is a game coming up absolutely but i can understand how people are saying and they want answers and if you follow the legal system football players and athletes play after incidents like this ed this team it, this team is interesting to watch because you know they can be explosive in the passing game we've seen Carr make so many big throws but then we've seen multiple quarters, not minutes where the offense disappears in the passing game. They fall in love with the run. They go three and out, and then they have to play ferocious defense. I think the Chargers, a team you know very well, they, you, this could be a shootout at the end of the first quarter. The last game, as you know, you were in in L.A. That, that game got out of hand early on the Chargers' side. Yeah, it did. Um, this is going to be interesting because we had this discussion this morning on the radio in terms of defining who. Car is because he can look really good on that first drive and then he can kind of disappear and make some really bad decisions and then the last two minutes he's 
you know, as good as any quarterback in the NFL. It's a very weird uh, proposition watching him each week and how he plays at certain times in games. Um, the Chargers, to me, are more fascinating because what, what Justin Herbert are, are they going to get? Are they going to get the really, really good Justin Herbert who's going to be tough to beat, or are they going to get the Justin Herbert who looked completely lost a couple, a couple weeks ago in, against, against Houston? So I'm more interested in the Chargers because I think we're going to know what we have in the Raiders, given what we've seen the last three or four weeks. I think defensively they're going to have to be really good. And then I'm not so sure Carr can only be good for you know two of eight or two of nine possessions in this game. I think he's going to have to be better than that to win the game. Um, I just it's going to be a fascinating game. But I do agree with you. If they're both on point, this could be a really high scoring game. And you know how exciting would that be to have that kind of game in this kind of moment? see these two go at each other for, you know, four quarters. I think that'd be really cool, actually. Ed Graney is our guest. Ed, what have you seen with the offensive line? It seems like they're more comfortable run-blocking than pass protecting, and they're they're feeling yeah. themselves a little bit when they get in a rhythm blocking for Josh Jacobs. Well, they're playing a lot better than they did earlier in the year, which yeah. was, you know, at times it was a disaster earlier in the year. They just, they just couldn't do anything. So, um, yeah, you're right. I think the last few weeks, uh, you know, Jacobs has, has had his moments. He, you know, I... I he played banged up the other day. I gave him credit for that because I don't think he was true the whole game. I think he was he got hurt early, um, but still kind of gave it his, his best. Um, I think they're they're look if they're gelling, they're gelling at the right time, right? I mean, if they're if, you, if they're starting to play well, this is the right time to do it, and they're going to have to do it again. You know, we know what Bosa said after the last game in terms of getting to Carr, and you know, if you you, you put hits on him, he's going to crumble. I think Derek's going to you know remember those words this week, mm-hmm. and I think he has to challenge his offensive line this week. You know, and and, and rem- remind them what. what what Bosa said about that because you know you have to have pride as an offensive line and keep your guy clean and if another guy on the other side saying hey all we have to do is get him all we have to do is hit him and he won't be the same guy if I'm an offensive lineman I take some pride in that and then I you know I step up and have the best game of the year I played because you 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 do not want that to come true again. Ed Graney's our guest you know Ed I've been saying this for a while and I'm comfortable saying it sometimes in sports the subs are better than the starters and I really think that's the key with this team at times. Because you see a guy like Trufant come in and you go, is he better than Trayvon Mullen? Yeah, he's been around longer. Yeah. Mullen's a better athlete with upside, but maybe this guy is a better player. And you see that at times in the league with an offensive line. But I look around at this team, and I think some of the guys who have stepped in, I know you're talking about it, Divine Diablo compared to Littleton, maybe it took a while to see that there are other players on the depth chart at the end of the year, December into January, are just better than the starters. Well, that happens a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, guys need, the guys need a lot of games or half a season or three-quarters of a season to really get it going. Diablo was really good the other day. I think he let him in tackles mm-hmm. with nine. And if you can get that from him and then get more from your starters, you're going to be that much better. Um, you know, I think Foster's had his moments, and you know, and he's, he's trying to pick up from one of the top three tight ends in the world. Um, you know, but the, you get that a lot with guys in terms of it just takes their time. You're seeing that. I think you're seeing that with their offensive line. Um, I know Benny just tweeted a, a bit ago about mm-hmm. Alex Leatherwood and how he thinks he's going to be much better in his second year um, in terms of how he's been this year. And it, it just takes guys a while. Some guys are can't miss guys coming out of the draft and they're good right away. But for the most part, you know, as well as anyone, it takes a while to really get your footing under you. This is a different level. It's a different speed. It's a different game than what they're used to. And while they say they know that, I think sometimes it really takes a half or three-quarters of a season. And I'll go back to my point about the offensive line. If these guys are gelling now, it's by far the best time to gel because this is an enormous game for the Raiders, for Vegas, uh, for all, for that franchise on Sunday night. Um, I think that it's going to be an electric atmosphere. 
I hope the Raider fans show up like they've never showed up before in terms of the atmosphere that we want to see as, as you know, a town and media. And, you know, if you cover those games, you know, you want it to be exciting, right? I mean, you want it to be a playoff atmosphere for both the Chargers and the Raiders. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, that happens just, just for covering the thing, never mind caring who wins. I mean, just for covering mm-hmm. it, I'd like to see it just completely go off the charts. Ed Graney, as we wrap it up, Las Vegas Review Journal, host of ESPN Radio, The Press Box in the Morning with Tyler Bischoff. All right, Ed Waller, that's a pretty unique story here. COVID, the injury, a lot of people wondering when he was going to come back. I mean, it's really the big elephant in the room. If he comes back, he's got to be double-teamed. Renfro is starting to be double-teamed now. I really think it opens it up for the receivers like Zay and Deshaun on the outside. Very important. How have you been covering this Waller story every time you're in the press room asking questions about him? Yeah, and, you know, well, he had an injury, and I still don't remember what it was, the band down the leg. I didn't even know all of us as humans had that. So when I heard what he had, I'm like, boy, do all of us have one of those? Um, and it's been closed, and then he goes in the COVID list. You hit it on the head. Look, 80% of him on Sunday night is going to mean so much more to Zay Jones and to Hunter Renfro and, and maybe Deshaun Jackson. So I think, you know, basically th- that would be huge to get him back just for that case. I mean, he hasn't played in a while, so I don't know how he would look. I don't know how he would perform. But you have to honor him if you're the Chargers. So I'm sure the Chargers are watching daily for Rich Bisaccia quotes, for any news out of that camp if he's back practicing and playing. Because if he plays, you know, all of a sudden Hunter Renfro, who's been absolutely exceptional, and I thought Zay Jones, well, obviously he was great the other day and he had a career high in yards. Mm-hmm. But those guys could really make a difference with him on the field on Sunday night. It just, and I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but just Darren Waller is a decoy. Just having his presence on the field would be huge for those other guys. Ed, last one. We're almost coming up on two years complete COVID for sports since it got shut down, Pac-12 championship for basketball, and you remember that in March of two years ago. You're an access guy. You're a guy who does multiple featured stories a week. You travel with teams. How has this affected you now going into two years and getting the access to the information that you need? You have a high standard when you write and when you're on the radio, and this has been going on a lot longer than most people suspected, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. No, it doesn't. I think we just basically learned how to do our job a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, We had to. We kind of had to adapt. Um, You know, there's nothing like it, and you've been in it your whole career. There's nothing like being in an NFL locker room after a game. It's where you can make relationships with people. It's where you can, you know, really talk to guys one-on-one and get inside their heads about what happened in a game or during, you know, the Thursday availability coming into a game. We just had to adjust like everyone. And, you know, if the worst thing in the world is, you know, uh, reporters or columnists had to adjust, that's pretty good. But, you know, we we had to learn how to Zoom and and really change how we approached our jobs. But, uh, again, a lot more important things. Um, But you're right, it's it's been very interesting. It's been fascinating to see our profession uh, and, and you're in it, you know, as much as anybody to see how we've tried to handle, you know, talking to players, getting that relationship. We don't have the relationships we did two years ago. There's no question about that. And I don't know if we will, JT, I, I don't know when this subsides, you know, what leagues are really going to let us back in. Um, but I hope they do because that's when you get the more compelling human interest kind of stories that I think people enjoy reading. Ed, the Rebels won a basketball championship, but out of town. They had a massive celebration here. I wasn't there for it. You and I have covered some of the biggest boxing matches of all time. On paper, where do you put this event coming up on Sunday night to end the season in perspective all time in Vegas, considering the NFL is bigger than any other sport? Yeah, someone asked me that yesterday. That was exactly my answer. And, you know, it, if, and I, I said that when they got the team here. When you're one of 32, it's special. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
they're they're never going to be the Golden Knights in, in in so many ways in terms of how the town feels about them. They're just, it's just the Golden Knights just came at a, a, an awful time in the town and kind of brought the town together. They'll always be, in my opinion, kind of the side and special in that way. But there's nothing bigger than the NFL. That people know there's a Super Bowl coming, there's a Pro Bowl coming, the draft is coming. I think this is a huge moment, um, and they've only been here for a while, but I think this is a huge moment for Vegas. And I'm glad you put UNLV in there because that's what we compared it to the other day mm-hmm. with the championship. I wasn't here, but people I know covered it, said it was the biggest thing ever, and they think, while this might not be as big because it's not for a championship, they think it's going to be a lot bigger than maybe people assume just because it's the NFL. And like you just said, the NFL is the biggest thing we have. Thank you, Ed. Great catching up with you. Happy New Year. Thanks Thanks for doing this. Happy New Year. You got it. Ed Graney, the best. Really the gold standard for journalists. I mean, he is fantastic. And every time he has in the paper, I read it. And to hear him on the radio and everything he does, nice that we can get him on here. Ed Graney. And nothing's going to ever compare to the Super Bowl here. Now, you can't predict who's going to be in that Super Bowl, but that'll be the biggest event in Vegas history. And they got it because the Raiders came. It wasn't coming. Believe me. And the Chargers weren't coming. This team would be out of business if they played here. Okay, There wouldn't have been a lot of Charger fans floating around with powder blues in Vegas running into a game here. Not. There's Kansas City fans and Denver fans that know what how big the Raiders are out here. They wouldn't even have paid attention to the Chargers. Look, I've been hard on the Chargers over the years. Bobby's smiling and laughing. I have been. You know, trolling them or them. Tro- whatever it is, I admit, I deserve some heat if, if the Raiders don't win this game. I've been cracking them. And I don't like the way the Chargers act at times. I think they're very entitled. I think their business, even though Dean Spanos moved them to L.A. to make money, I don't like the way they treated their fans. And they could say the same thing about the Raiders and the Raiders moving all the times and what the Raiders have done. There is a real rivalry with this team. And I know some people that work for the team who I think the world of. So I just know how much bigger the brand is of Raider football than Charger football. And it'll take a hit if the Chargers win this game in Vegas. It's not a good look if the Raiders can't protect Allegiant Stadium and win this game. They're not playing. I always use the examples. They're not playing the 85 Bears with Mike Singletary. They're not playing the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed Ravens. Okay, of 2000. They're not playing one of Brady's all-time great teams. They're playing the Chargers. Okay, it's a very good team and a better roster. They have a better roster than the Raiders because of their health, and some of the players that are just better. But the Raiders have beaten plenty of teams with better rosters. They can do it, and they have to do it. This is a must-win game. Getting Waller back, I think, gives the Raiders the opportunity to have a little bit more confidence in this game and taking shots. I know that all of our different shows are different on this channel. We all have different opinions. you got an insider in Vinny Bonsignor. Me been with the team forever. Q's fantastic. He's new, but he's been covering the Raiders a long time. right? Clay, I've been working with Clay since, I think, the 90s, early 2000s. Right? Everybody's got their different personality. Everybody's got relatively the same audience, maybe a couple different callers here or there. Everybody's got to get on the same page. Period. This has got to be Mardi Gras in Vegas, Super Bowl vibe. The whole city needs to get behind this. This is why they came. This will judge Vegas, not only the people in Vegas and Southern California, but nationally. Because people nationally don't know Vegas. Again, they think we all live on the 32nd floor of a casino. They don't know about what we have here as a community. They, they look at the TV and radio market size and say, that's not a big deal. I'm like, really? We have billion-dollar casinos, billion, with a B lined up across the street from each other. There's a major market about to arrive. But the spotlight's on us. 
And I got a, a text from a friend today, and he says, are you going to the game? Uh, who are you bringing? And I, well, I go, why? He goes, you got an extra ticket. I go, no. My wife's going. My son's going. I, I'm not on StubHub. And, and I got, went back and forth with him on this because he didn't know what he was going to do with his ticket. And I said, you're the problem. He said, what? That's the type of friend I am. And, you know, I'll engage with a friend. I go, what do you mean you're going to sell your ticket? Give it to me, and I'll give it away on the radio and pay it face value. I was dead serious. I'll buy your ticket and give it away on my radio show for free. He's like, oh, man, I'm back. I don't mean it that way. I go, yeah, you do. Stop with this crap of looking looking on StubHub. Don't you got anything better to do? Anybody with jobs out here? I got six of them. Stop looking at StubHub and seeing if you can get an extra 40 bucks for your ticket. That's trash. That's not an NFL city. In Green Bay, they don't look on StubHub and say the Vikings are coming in, man. I live like three blocks away. I can get an extra $200 and I'll sell my ticket. They don't do that. We don't need to do that here. I see people, you know, you sell one ticket, you know, for 2000 bucks because it's Monday Night Football. Yeah, you know, I'm going to pay for three games. I get that. I'm not looking to butt heads with people on that. This game, there should be no Charger fans in that place because there are none. Okay, there's only a handful of them, and the only way they're getting in is if a Raider fan gives them a ticket or sells them a ticket. Put your foot down with this garbage. Be a real sports town. Get behind a football team that has won three Super Bowls and played in five, played in the greatest games of all time, and has the most legendary Hall of Famers in Canton, Ohio. You don't build the brand by selling your tickets for an extra 60 bucks. Cost me 60 bucks for a round of vodka sodas with my buddies. Don't worry about it. Eat the price and go into the game. Wear black. Get there early. Get up to the torch. Take a selfie with Eric Allen. That's what I do. I'm the selfie director. He, JT, can we take a picture? No, take it with Eric. He's the star. I'm just the radio guy. And let's go in there roaring. Let's come out of the parking lot roaring into that place ready to go. 702-365-9200. Gabe in Tallahassee. Thank God the radio show's on in Tallahassee this week. Hello, Gabe. <laughs> Absolutely, JP, you know it. And I can't echo your thoughts and what Ed said earlier. This is the biggest week, arguably, in recent Raider history it for is. Vegas, for the entire Raider Nation. And I'm so glad and thankful for you and Bobby for giving us this flagship that the entire NFL fan bases around the country are jealous and envious of. We've got this platform to scream at the top of our lungs and tell everybody that we're on our way for being back. This team has been through so much, and I feel like this Sunday night represents the bookend to the regular season in one way for the Monday night classic that we went through, everything Mm -hmm. we went through in between, and now we're at the end ready to cap it off with the playoff celebration. I just want to give a shout-out to one of our own member of the Patrol. I think it's George Atkinson's birthday today. Yes, it is. And if if the entire Raider Nation and the Raider players give anything or half of what George used to give back in the day. I'm really confident we'll be all cheers into some Modellos and a playoff berth. Thanks so much for everything, JT, and go Raiders. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. George Atkinson on my Mount Rushmore of all-time Raiders and what he's done for me and my family. I got hired by the Raiders 23 years ago, and uh, when I got hired, they said, you need to talk with George Atkinson. He's, he's different in a good way. And uh, that first conversation with George was interesting about what he wanted to do on the radio. And I was like, yes, sir. Okay. And uh, working with George Atkinson, Artie Gigantino, and David Hum. Raise your hand and beep your horn if you go that far back with me. That was the Raider pregame show in 98. And I got to sit next to George Atkinson, breaking down defenses, and now George is on the staff on the side.
and, and today's his birthday. And George has been through a lot the last couple of years, losing family members, his sons. And I think of him at the top, at the top of the Mount Rushmore of Raiders that we have left, and everybody should treat him that way. George Atkinson is a bleeping legend. Legend. And the way he played on every play is what every Raider defender or Raider player should strive to be. They should strive to commit to excellence the way that Al Davis did and bringing in George Atkinson, and George Atkinson delivered for Al Davis and now Mark Davis. Fantastic. Thanks for bringing up his birthday today. Happy birthday to George. All right, this is going to get interesting. Sean Merriman's coming up next. He does not like the Raiders. I'm aware of that. Why am I putting him on? Because he's good radio. And that's why I got hired here to do better radio. And we're going to do that with Sean Merriman. The key to the game, what he thinks about the matchup, the monologue brought to you by PTs, best happy hour in town, not even close. The price is half price. Half price, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Drink responsibly, drive responsibly. You know what I mean by that? And go hang out with your friends and family at PTs, get some food, watch the game. A proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights and my show. They fuel the monologue five days a week. They break the huddle quickly. Herbert right back at it. Throws downfield. There's your shot play. Mike Williams caught into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. A record-breaking throw from Justin Herbert. 35th touchdown toss of the season is now a franchise record. Franchise record for Herbert. Fouts, Rivers, that's a pretty big deal. JT, back with you, Raider Nation Radio. Sean Merriman, what a career he had. Three-time Pro Bowler, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year 2005, the Sacks Leader in 2006, and a member of the Chargers' 50th anniversary team. Also played really well for the Buffalo Bills. And, Sean, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. How you been? Hey, thanks for having me. been great. Awesome. Let's jump into the game here because... You've been right. Raiders won there last year, but the Chargers have won the last two. Mariota had first and goal at the four. Raiders couldn't get it in. Herbert scored, came downfield, and then this year, Chargers jumped out to a really fast lead, and the Raiders couldn't come back. Talk to me about the Charger team this year and what you've liked about them through their ups and downs. Well, you know, one thing about the Chargers, we all know that they have the capabilities of putting up 30 or 34 plus points a game, right? I think that's um, that's been evident. And probably outside of one game, I believe, or maybe two, I would say the Ravens and then Denver Broncos, where they just didn't play well. They were completely out of that game the first time they played. Uh, but on the, on the other side of that, man, it's just, you know, they, they're a scary team to play against, right? They have a lot of weapons. Uh, Justin Herbert, man, and, you know, we, I, I, I see people praising him a lot, but I don't think that everyone fully comprehend, understand that this guy's just getting started, right? I think mm-hmm. he's going to, um, he's going to set a lot of records. But more importantly, he's just kind of getting comfortable in his own skin, comfortable, comfortable being the, the franchise quarterback. Uh, so we, we haven't even really seen what Justin Herbert's capable of doing just yet. I agree with you. I think what he does the best is he's more mobile than people give him credit for for his size. And when he holds on to the ball late, and if he can keep the pocket alive, he can make every throw from every arm angle. And that's only going to get better, Sean. It, it is. It is. And it just becomes just understanding the NFL level a little bit more, right? 
um, and noticing different coverages and being able to play uh, with them. And, and, and look, you know, um, that last game, they came out, man, and, um, you know, Denver played extremely well in, in giving them short passes and keeping, you know, the plays, the big plays to a, to a minimum. And he was smart enough to say, hey, I'm going to take this check down. I'm going to run the ball and take these short yards and let my backs and uh, wide receivers in these short, pa- short passes pick up more yards. So he's, he's understanding these things a lot more, and that's what makes him dangerous because he, he's just kind of coming to his own. Sean Merriman is our guest. Sean, I look at Williams and Keenan Allen in the last game. Seven uh, receptions combined. At times, they're so explosive, and you usually have to double-team one of them. The Raiders' secondary has been spotty up and down, but the Raiders' defensive pass rush has been exceptional the last couple of weeks as they fought their way into this game, a must-win game. Can you touch on Yannick Ngakwe and what you know about him, and especially Mad Max Crosby, as you're spending more time in Vegas? You know, I, I got uh, the pleasure of, you know, kind of being a mentor, somebody who's uh, known Yannick since his college years at the University of Maryland. So I've watched his career on out, and he's just a, a hell of a player, a hell of a dynamic guy. And once he gets going with, with, with momentum, he can be extremely disruptive. Um, Max, Max Crosby, he's one of my favorite players to watch, you know, hands down. I, you know, outside of, of just knowing his story, knowing what he's overcome and what he's done uh, in his own personal life, but then also – to, you know, going to the Pro Bowl, um, you know, him being able to just be in a – just cause havoc. He's caused more havoc, and I don't think that we've even talked about him enough across the board. You know, we, we see T.J. Watt and all these guys pick, putting up some amazing numbers. But uh, Max Crosby has been just as disruptive as anybody. You know, he's the guy that you really have to worry about uh, as an offensive tackle or a tight end that's standing the block because he's just – even if he's not getting a sack, he's, stay, he's staying in quarterback's face, he's making a rush – passive and how do you uh, overcome you know, a depleted secondary or secondary that hasn't been playing well like the, the Raiders secondary has won and off you, you cover that up by having a great pass rush and they've been able to get after guys up front. Sean Merriman's our guest so there is and I wouldn't call it bad blood, but a rivalry. And Joey Bosa took a shot at Carr, talking about him curling up if the pocket breaks down. Carr answered it, said it didn't get under his skin, but it fired him up. Take me back to your career. In a rivalry, in a division rivalry, if there was a quarterback that you thought you had his number and you had the number of many, did you want to keep that inside and not fire him up? Or were there times like Bosu where you would bring that up to the, to the opposing quarterback? You know, strangely enough, I never really talked to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and, you know, if I got a good hit on a good play, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go after to get another one. I don't have to let him know I'm coming. Uh, but every, everyone has their way and how they like to – you know, kind of get on this guy's skin or, or, or get in their heads and, and make them, you know, do something uncharacteristic. But Derek Carr, man, you know, the, the question with him has always been consistency. It's not – we all know that he can play, right? He, he has, you know, he, he has one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the best uh, time uh, balls and he can lay in the end, drop it right into a wide receiver's hand. Uh, but with him, it's just can he be consistent? That's been throughout his whole career. You know, can he be consistent enough? You know, we all forget that he was mentioned in the MVP conversation many times before. Uh, and it, with him, it's just can he get out of his own way? Um, you know, I'm still going to move for my, my squad this week. I, I mm-hmm. think they're going to win. Um, but, I, you know, at some point in time, I think they're going to have to make a decision on if Derek Carr is, is the guy going forward. That's really up to him of being consistent. Sean Merriman's our guest as we wrap it up. Sean, you know, I think this rivalry with the fans took a hit. 
because of the relocation. Uh, the Raiders have something special. They have their own stadium for them. It's silver and black. It's got the torch for Al Davis. The Chargers are there with the Rams at SoFi, and that's a magnificent size stadium for the Super Bowl. But you played in Oakland. And take me back in the day, there was no love loss between you and the Raiders, and you would go at the Raider fans the way Junior did. I grew up in that rivalry when you came to Oakland, Junior, LaDainian Tomlinson, you'd be right behind the bench in the face, and when you won a game in Oakland, you let everybody know, and if you didn't win, the Raider fans let you know. That rivalry needs to get back with the fans. Can it happen with these new modern-day stadiums? Well, it, it all starts and ends with the fans. Even even with me going back and forth with with, with Raider fans uh, on social media, because you know that it all starts and ends with the fans. The fans is really really what makes the game go, right? Uh, and I I live for it. I live for those bulls and doing a lights out dance there in in, in, um, in the Raider Stadium and having them going back and forth. It, it made the reason why you wanted to play the game of football. That's what makes it so special. It's the fans. Um, and, and can it get back to the rivalry? I think everything starts with winning, right? Um, I, I know that people, you know, constantly talk about, oh, there are so many fans with, you know, in the, the Chargers Stadium. Guess what? When they win in games, that that stadium, and I've been to just about every game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they win, it is pretty loud. And they were Chargers fans, and the same things need, need to happen with with uh, with the Raiders fans. You know, once they start winning and, and creating the home base and give people something to cheer for, it, it's going to change. So I think right now that. This is uh, probably the greatest rivalry in football, in my opinion, uh, especially with the fan base. And it couldn't be a bigger game yeah. for either one of these two uh, this upcoming weekend. Let's talk about what's at stake. I think if the Chargers win this game, and I have a lot of respect for their roster and the talent that they have, it really gets them on another level now trying to get more fans in L.A. where there's a lot of Raider fans. And if the Raiders win this game, considering everything that happened this year, Sean, that you're well aware of, Ruggs, the Gruden resignation, and they go on this roll and put the Chargers down and knock them out, I mean, that's going to embolden Raider Nation. It's, it's a lot of implications, and you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'll give, I'll give the Raiders credit here. Well, dealing with this many uh, uphill battles and obstacles and distractions they had this year and found ways to win, that, that, that shows that you know, they got some guys that like to fight in the locker room. They, they're fighters. Um, and, and going forward, you're really talking about you know, two teams that move stadiums and is fighting for a fan base, fighting for following. Uh, I can tell you this for the Chargers, uh, they got a great leader on Brandon Steely. Um, this guy, he makes you want to play for him. He plays you like it is. He's analytical. He's straight to the point, and he has everybody buying in. All right, so he's going he's gonna to be there, in my opinion. I mean, if they keep doing what they're doing now, he's going to be there for some time. Uh, you got a great leader in, in Justin Herbert, who now is the franchise quarterback going for. He's going to be there for the next five or ten-plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, and this rivalry, this is what makes it great. This rivalry is because of you got two teams that's, that's going to constantly fight. It's renewed. And, and I think that for a, a, a certain amount of years, that went away. I think that it's back now. Sean, finally, I put my life on the line on radio, at least, you know, for the Raider Nation, man, and they still slide into my DMs and come after me. And I don't go after anybody unless they come after me first. What is it like when a typical Raider fan comes at you on social media? How do you respond? I smile because it makes my day. <laughs> you know, um, it, look, at the, at the end of the day, you know, I've always been about the fans, right? Whether I'm going at them or whatever the case is, because I, I really do believe it all starts and ends with the fans. Um, and, you know, look, they have a strong fan base. It, it just is what it is. You know, you know that if you say something about the Raiders on social media, they're going to come at you. 
Uh, so I, I don't walk uh, on eggshells when I know I say things about them on social media. Um, and it's going to make it just that much better for me if they try to go out and take care of business this weekend. But just being, you know, away from the game now, JT, to be honest, you, you hope to see a battle. Um, you hope to see guys going out laying on the line because this, this rivalry they have in this division is going to be around for a long time because of what they built. Awesome. Sean, what's going on with your other business ventures? Yes, yeah, got Lights Out Extreme Fighting. Uh, check all of our past fights on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV. If you don't have it, get it. Um, we, we are planning a, a fight here soon in Vegas. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll even invite Raiders fans. I'll give them, uh, you know, 20% <laughs> off to make them feel better about this weekend. Take care. You're coming to the game. You're Mr. Vegas. I don't know if I'd see you in the Wind Club or in the <laughs> suites. Where are you going to be? I'll, I'll be at both. I'll definitely stop down at the Wind Club. Um, I'll be up there in the, in, in the suite. Uh, but I, I'm man. This this is uh, and I got you know I got people, I got friends in the uh, organization of the Raiders. I got friends on the team that I'm really close with. I want to see them do well, man. But I'm always on route for my Chargers. You got it. Take care, Sean. I'll see you Sunday. Thank you, Sean Merriman, coming on in there. Uh, that was a little a mellower. You know, we weren't you know cracking like that. He's a good man. He's got a good businesses, and uh, he's going to pull for his Chargers. He was a hell of a player. Until uh, the injuries came, he was a hell of a player in a short period of time. That guy could get after the quarterback. And there's a lot of guys on the field, Bosa and Yannick and Max. There's a lot of guys who could get after the quarterback. Raider man following up, Sean following Merriman. Up. Go ahead. Raider man, you there? Raider man, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I got I you now. Go ahead. Yeah, I got you now. Go ahead. Okay, good, good. Anyway, you know, we got the craziest testimony in the world to have to share. But there's nowhere in the world I can miss a day like this, man. I got to shout out my guy, George Atkinson. You know, it's like we we didn't meet at the point of me being in the hospital, but from me being in the hospital and you having the heart to bring George up there, and especially under those circumstances, and I still remember crying like a baby because I couldn't get out the bed to get you guys a glass of water. I was just the most horrible host. But it's tough to do stuff tied to a cot, you know what I mean? And it's just like, you know, to be alive and have this opportunity in life to be able to still give back, to be able to reach back to George and wish I could really just hug his neck physically and, and look him in the face and tell him, hey, man, I love you. I really appreciate your compassion and heart, you know, regardless of whatever the past tagged you with, man. You had to do a job, and you wouldn't be here without it. So I always call it the weeks with the tears. You know, people like to tear people apart, but they never like to appreciate the fact that they're here. So, you know, you can only, you know, tear a dude down when you're here to be torn down. So I'm here to lift you up in the process, brother. And it was funny because when you got Bobby told me I was going to be on after Mr. Merriman, just in physical and in real life terms, man, as much as I love people, I fake threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> it, just, it was crazy because I was trying to answer and tell him it was okay. And I just, like, I stumbled all over myself. And, you know, I don't typically do that. So just, you know, God bless people, man, because it's the top of the new year. I'm doing my best to kick off this year with a bang, but it's always life on life terms, and everybody can't live it on the bright side of life. You know, sometimes you got to grow through some stuff. I'm still growing through it, but by hella high water, man, I'm coming out there to come and uh, support my team this weekend. You know, we got some severe water damage. I'm sick of saying that on the air, but this process of getting it fixed has been a beast, and I'm doing my best not to abandon this ship while my wife and my daughter here dealing with this crap when I'm over there celebrating with my team on a victory in the Los Vegas. So, you know what I mean? Just holding out prayers. I'm getting the work done. It's day and night, so I'm a little tired and edgy, so I keep off the air to keep it clean. But, uh, you know, I'm coming to see you, man. I'm looking forward to the J-Light mm-hmm. celebration. And uh, tell everybody I said what's up, man. I'll see you when I'm looking at you. You got it. We'll see you out there. We got hope I'm going to have a great crowd. Pre-game, I don't even know. My wife and son were like, what time are we going down there? I'm like, whenever they say, I'm ready to go. I got to do the pre-game show 90 minutes before. I think we're on at 3.
15, whatever the number is, and then I'll be out in the black hole tailgate and might go see a bunch of friends throughout the parking lot. This is go time. We never claimed this was the Oakland parking lot. Never did. But it's got to act more like the Oakland parking lot on a game like this. It's got to be big time. And we're brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Charles Woodson built a legendary career, and now he's doing it with Intercept Wines and his Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Make it your game day whiskey. And Charles Woodson will thank you on Raider Nation Radio. Here's Carr, takes a snap, sprints off to the right, fires on the run, jackpot, baby! Touchdown, Raiders! Hunter Infro! There's a penalty flag down. I think it's going to be against the Colts, Brent. Brent Musburger on the call. Thanks to Sean Merriman, who joined us. Good conversation with him. Lights out. And now Gilbert Manzano, one of the best insiders you can have, covers the Chargers. And we have him on uh, several times a year when these two teams go after it and when there's breaking news in Southern California. Gilbert, Happy New Year. Thanks a lot for doing this. Hope you have a great New Year ahead of you. Thank you, JT. Happy New Year to you, too. And uh, good to be on the same show as Sean Merriman and uh, Ed Graney. Yes, it is. It's kind of like bringing the family back, and you're a big part when you were out here. Let's jump in, because we look at the Raiders, and Raider fans say, man, if they would have beat the Giants, if they just would have beat the Washington football team, they wouldn't be in this winner-take-all game. But the same could be said even more about the Chargers. Where did the Chargers slip up this year in games that they easily should have had so they wouldn't be in this must-win situation? Well, the first game that comes to mind wasn't too far uh, uh, or long ago was a Houston Texans game where, you know, they, they, sh- they probably would have won that game. They wouldn't be in this winner-take-all game. They will probably be in the playoffs right now with 10 wins. But, uh, you know, it's kind of been an up-and-down year for the Chargers. You know, they started really hot. At, uh, I think they were 4-1. and one. Uh, They go to Baltimore. They get crushed there. Uh, they play the Patriots at home. They don't look good there. They lose to the Vikings where, where they, they were down like five starters on defense. So it's kind of been a lot of, you know, what could have been throughout the whole season. But, you know, that's kind of, the way that they are right now, 9-7, and seven, I, I kind of expected that from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, new head coach, Brandon Staley. A lot of holes on defense. A, a, lot, of new, a lot of moving parts. So, it's kind of a, a unique way to get here, but hey, uh, one opportunity to go if they win on, on Sunday, they're in the playoffs. All right, so take me through uh, Staley's philosophy on fourth down, because when he does it, if he fails or not, it gets makes big news, because he's a guy that goes to the microphone and says, that's what we're going to do. I think that's a huge part, Gilbert, of this game here. The Raider defensive staff must know that it's going to be four-down territory from the first quarter on if field position is reasonable. Why don't they want to punt more, and how successful are the Chargers on fourth down? You know, they've been kind of cold on, on fourth down lately. And, you know, I think they got a lot of hype early on in the year because they won some games that way. And, and, and actually, they weren't that, if they weren't that aggressive, you know, against the Raiders the first time around and the Chiefs the first time around as well, they probably wouldn't be in this position to make the playoffs on Sunday. It probably would have been, you know, with seven wins. So I think, you know, with Brandon Staley, you know, credit him for taking the, 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 the praise when it's working and taking the heat when it's not working because, it didn't work against KC on Thursday Night Football. Uh, there's been a couple of games where it didn't work. 
And then uh, last week against the Broncos, he had a, a, a fourth and one uh, goal situation, and he went for the, for the for the three points. So uh, kind of a unique situation. Brandon Staley, you don't really know what he's thinking. And I think it's kind of maybe the, the best approach. Don't be so predictable. Uh, go off uh, your opposition and say, say the Raiders are not doing so well on offense and, and, mm-hmm. the, and the defense is playing well. Well, go 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 trust your defense. And, you know, the, the opposite way, then go put the points on such on the board. So uh, uh, it's very unpredictable. But, yeah, if, if you are, you know, the Raiders and you're kind of expecting the this aggressive approach, you won't be caught off guard uh, the second time around because I still remember that uh, fourth and two out of Jared Cook on Monday Night Football. It kind of sealed the game for them. It did. Uh, Chargers and NFL insider, boxing insider, Dilbert Manzano joins us, OC Register, L.A. Daily News, and the Southern Cal News Group. So Allen and Williams, the two wide receivers, I don't recall the last time they were both completely healthy that the Raiders had to worry about them both. Usually one's dinged up, one's banged up coming off an injury or not playing in the game. Where are these two wide receivers health-wise? Yeah, you know they're 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 healthy and available right now. Uh, Mike Williams missed the game against Houston. He, you know he was one of 13 active players to miss that game because of, of COVID reasons. Uh, you know with the new uh, the new changes to the COVID protocol where you come back faster, uh, he was able to come back against the, the Broncos and he got the big touchdown uh, to set the record for Justin Herbert to surpass uh, Philip Rivers with 35 touchdowns on the season. Uh, so he looks like he's healthy. He he surpassed a thousand receiving yards on the, on the season. Uh, Keen Allen is doing what he always does. He's a five-time Pro Bowler, five years in a row, uh, kind of moving the chains, being that third-down guy, uh, crafty route runner. So, yeah, Justin Herbert has all his weapons. Uh, maybe the biggest thing they're kind of missing right now is uh, uh, Corey Lindsley. He had a back problem against the Broncos, and you need to have your big center in the middle to make those plays work down the field, to let Keen Allen get open, uh, to let Mike Williams uh, fly uh, on these deep routes. So, uh, for the most part, you know, with the new COVID rules, mm-hmm. uh, injury-wise, they, they they have their full team. So, uh, you know, they, they've been up and down throughout the whole season, but to have the full team uh, in this uh, Week 18 unique situation situation in Las Vegas, uh, you know, it's a good kind of way to go into it for the Chargers. Absolutely. Raiders getting Waller back, hopefully, and some other players, too. We want to see these teams close to full strength. Gilbert Manzano, as we wrap this up, there was one stat that really blew me away. I heard it on another show. Chargers third down defensive deficiency, 99 out of 199 when it comes to those plays, uh, giving up third down at a 49.75 clip, almost 50%. How is that possible considering (laughs) the talent they have? Because the Raiders have, as you know, the Raiders have done not much this second half year in the Dallas game. They've been better on third down offensive efficiency, but they haven't been taking many shots lately. I've been preaching this all week. I think the Raiders have to take shots because of the Chargers' third-down defense. What's been the problem with it? Yeah, the way you asked me about Brandon Staley being aggressive, maybe the Raiders should be the same way because they can't get off the field on third down. You know, if you give them an extra shot on fourth down, they probably won't get off the field uh, also. So, yeah, and it's kind of been a unique situation because Brandon Staley is a defensive-minded head coach. He he took the Rams to become the number one uh, top-ranked defense last year, but this is not the Rams. This, this Chargers team, yeah, they have Derwin James, they have Joey Bosa, but there's a lot of holes around the team. Uh, you know, you know, where you know they're they're missing maybe some some pass rushers. You know, they don't, they don't have enough uh, in the interior of the defense. The, the linebackers haven't done too well. Uh, the corners have been struggling, giving up big plays. So when you see Hunter Renfro making big plays in Indianapolis, if you're the Chargers, you're asking who's going to guard that guy. So. 
uh, yeah, it's going to be a place to be out there for Derek Carr. Uh, I'm excited to see the kind of that matchup between Joy Bosa and Derek Carr part two. They were uh, throwing words in the first round, but mm-hmm. uh, this, this defense has a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they've found their stride. They're, they're, they're hitting the rhythm. You know, that, that Houston game is kind of maybe, a, a, you know, an afterthought because so many players are missing. Usually when they have Derwin James on the field, Joy Bosa, uh, Justin Jones, a run stopper, things t- uh, t- tend to work out, kind of a bend-don't-break approach. They're all available for this game, so maybe that uh, you know that 50% uh, third down conversion rate uh, is not the right number because a lot of that happened early on in the year. But they have their moments, their hiccups, and definitely the way Derek Carr has been playing. And maybe Darren Waller comes back. It could be a problem for the Chargers defense. Well, thank you, my friend. I'll see you Sunday. You do a great job. Thanks for that deep dive on the Chargers and what we could expect out here. I'm talking to you. You got it. Gilbert Manzano joining us. Appreciate him coming on. Really good insight, a thorough thorough NFL insider with all of his work. We had Gilbert on and Graney in the first hour. That's that's what a dream of mine is to do this type of show today. We had a former star player in Sean Merriman, and we get two insiders on who give you the access to the teams that you need heading into the game. I don't even know what we have next hour. I know we got a lot. So I'd like to get you set up here at the top of the hour. Get on board. 702-365-9200 as we are installing the game plan, or at least we like to pretend we are. Jump in and help us out on Raider Nation Radio.